that was the last post I just played. Welcome to Panastoria. This is a very special episode. Uh, my name is Jonah. I'm Lindsay. <clears throat> today is Remembrance Day, and today is a very special Remembrance Day because 100 years ago today, World War One officially ended. At the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918, the hostilities were supposed to cease. They didn't, of course, cease right away. But this was officially the last day of the conflict. The worst conflict we had seen up to that point. Only beaten by its predecessor. Or successor, sorry. I was going to say. Beaten by its successor. Today, it's not, we, it is a Panastory episode, but not a typical one. Lindsay and I are just going to give our brief thoughts about how we feel about Remembrance Day. How we feel this day is important. But we're also going to be talking about... Generally about the armistice and why it's so significant. So, Yeah, this is kind of like a different format, I guess, than usual. But we're going to be launching a, um, a little mini-series called And Other Nonsense. <laughs> or just Other Nonsense. Other Nonsense. Uh, so when you notice in our, our podcast name, it's Panastoria and Other Nonsense. So Other Nonsense is going to be episodes like this where we talk about something which is like related to history but it's going to be more of an informal kind of talk about it rather than like giving information and you know we'll just be discussing and kind of evaluating things so stay tuned for that we'll talk about all sorts of things not just history just yeah. how we're feeling at is the that time. a nonsense of patreon only it will be okay yeah first so. episode is going to be free it's just so people get an idea yeah and then after that you'll be able to access other nonsense by being a paid subscriber on patreon Episodes will be coming out once a month. Yeah. They're not going to be... Kind of when we feel like it a little. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So they'll they'll come out. Again, they'll be informal. If, if, if eventually you guys want to do Q&As, that'll probably be when it is. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that housekeeping out of the way. Well, yeah. I mean, do you grow up going to the like ceremonies every year? Yeah. I usually went with my dad. And then... Like, we would always do, like, the school ones and stuff, right? And then I would usually go to the ones with my dad, like, at in my town there at the Civic Center, because it's bigger. Um, so I would usually go to that. And then I guess when I moved out on my own, I went to them pretty frequently. Like, I, in Kamloops, I think I went every year. I actually missed both years in Saskatoon for whatever reason. I don't even remember now. But I did miss those ones, and it actually, like, bugged me that I missed them. <laughs> I think I had to work last year, so I had to miss last year's, and that also bothered me, but kind of was the way it was. And then, yeah, I'll try and go this year. I'll be in Toronto, but I'm sure I can find a way to go. I haven't been out there much, or to the, there's uh, people in Calgary, there are two different ceremonies. There's one downtown at uh, Memorial Park, I think. I think so. And uh, the big one is at the Museum well, it's called the War Museum now, but or the Museum of the Regiments. And that's the big one. That's the one usually most people go to. It's the one I always went to. Ever since I moved to Chesmere, I haven't been out there much. I'm yeah. kind of ashamed. Last year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'll get all ready. And then <laughs> I overslept. <laughs> I know. it's Because Remembrance Day was a Saturday last year. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I... So I worked at this craft brewery and... I mean, I still work at one, but different one. Um, 
Anyway, in case for anybody who didn't know, I'm in the beer industry. And the brewery I worked at last year, so I had to work on Remembrance Day. But we did this, like, fundraiser. We released this this brown ale that we um, developed with the veterans and some veterans in, in my town. And uh, it was called the Last Post Brown Ale. And we donated portions of, like, proceeds from it. I think we sold for that weekend. We did a dollar from every pint and a dollar from every, um, like, big can we sold went to the poppy fund and I think we raised like $1,200 in like less than 48 hours with that beer. And then the beer went on to win a bunch of awards. Um, so it was good too. So I, I had to work, but like, I felt bad about not going to the ceremonies, even though I'm sure I probably like could have, uh, but it was neat because a lot of the vets that had been part of like making the beer were there to try it out. And, um, the one guy, Martin, actually, uh, is the one who gave us the idea for the Yugoslav episodes because he served at Medak. Mm, so, yeah. shout out to Martin. Yeah. And so it was like I, I felt weird about not having gone to the ceremonies, but at the same time, like, I got a cool experience working that shift as well because you could see, like, because Martin brought some of his his uh, army army buddies and like. There was just, like, this cool camaraderie at the brewery, and, like, pe- everyone was still kind of dressed up from the ceremony, so, like, people were going over to them to talk to them, and, I mean, that that whole thing has its own issues, I guess, like, whatever. Um, I don't really want to talk about that at the moment, but, like, it was neat. Like, it was just cool to see people, like, bonding, especially, like, veterans bonding, and then other people bonding, and it was cool. There was this one lady who was in for a birthday party and she donated like 50 bucks just without buying the beer and then she bought like a bunch of the beer so like she made this wicked big donation because it was just like happened to be there with this birthday party and it worked out time was that it just whatever it was a coincidence that it was this that day that we were doing that fundraiser and yeah it was but it was it was really cool just to it was a neat atmosphere like it was probably one of the cooler shifts I ever worked there so we had a few vet- veterans. I, For those of you who don't know, I worked at a liquor store uh, here in Jessamere. We had a lot of veterans come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were told to only give uh, discounts to veterans on Remembrance Day, but I'd give them every day. Yeah. And that's not, that wasn't the owner policy. being. Stay well, it was, it was policy, yeah. but it wasn't the owner being a jerk or anything like that. That's just how things were. But I, I, if if they, I'm like all you, all you really had to do was like show me your some kind of proof. Yeah, and if you're an active member or veteran, like I was just like, oh, do you have your card? Show me your card. I would give you a probably 15 percent discount. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Again, I'm. I, we're in, like obviously, if, uh, Lindsay and I aren't people. Who, I mean, even though we talk about it quite a bit, we're not pro war. Yeah. No. But I mean, that doesn't mean we. You have to be disrespectful to soldiers. No. Especially when you consider, like... I mean, World War One was a fairly good example. The people fighting the war aren't the people who caused the war, typically. And they aren't the people who have any concept of why the war is even happening most of the time. There's been very few examples where there was a very clear ideological goal in the war. World War One wasn't one of those. No. <laughs> um, it's... Well, it's, it's uh, it's pre- or its predecessor. Yep, that's the right word. Its predecessor, World War Two. 
successor. Successor, sorry. Yeah, we, like, we're going to mess that up all Words the time. are super hard today. Um, yeah, so its successor was a more clear ideological battle. The bad guys were very clear in that war. Yeah, but in, in World War One, like, it wasn't the case. Which always just, I think that's why, like, Remembrance Day for me is very, like, I've more and more started having not an issue with how Remembrance Day is celebrated, but, like, I, w- I worry that it's going to be used at some point for, like, this weird false patriotism and stuff about, like, I- I'm, I'm, like, trying to get to my point here. I'm not saying it's, like, we need to stop celebrating because we don't. But, like, World War One. I, I think it's, like, hard to remember for... It's, it's important to keep in mind, I guess, that World War One was, like... A pretty senseless conflict and also like not a very clear conflict but i feel like in how some celebrations of some of these things end up going is we try and put this like retroactive meaning on it that didn't exist in the first place and like i think that that happens a lot i see it a lot in the united states what i mean by like sort of fake patriotism and like false false patriotism is just like the over glamorization of of these things to the point that it is almost meaningless like I had a professor who served in Vietnam and he said that on Veterans Day he really hates it when people come up and say thank you for your service because it's like it's not insulting but like it almost it, it's not insulting but it it's like you know I appreciate that but what have you done to actively help veterans or what have you done to actively like make the situation better because like people want to support the troops to the point of like being okay with sending troops to war not supporting the troops and like hey maybe we don't want to go or like maybe we shouldn't be sending our troops so it's like an interesting take yeah i don't know i've just started to think more and more about that especially like in relation to world war one but there was a really interesting movie i watched pretty recently it was fictional but it kind of dealt with that in the united states and it was uh i can't remember what it's called now which doesn't really bug me but it was about this, like, army battalion that went through something traumatic in, um, in Iraq as it went. Like, so they end up coming back to America and they get to do this, that be part of the halftime show. For... Oh, it's, um... Billy, Billy, Billy Lane's Mo- long halftime walk. That's it, yeah. And, um, it's really bothering me. First of all, I love that Steve Martin was in that. But yeah, it was like, I actually really enjoyed that movie, even though honestly, in lots of ways, it was kind of bad. Like just, it was not great, but there was, a, I liked the message of it, of like just the, the dichotomy they showed between like these soldiers wanting to feel like amped up that people are supporting them, but like throughout the course of the game, get this feeling that it's like a very fake and like surface support. It's like, we're supporting you, but if we had to do what you're doing, like, nah. Mm. And I just worry that sometimes like, and, like, Remembrance Day isn't one of those, like, over-glamorized sort of situations. But I think that it's, like, a, also a caution to not put too much, like, back meaning on stuff, maybe. I don't know if it's really... Is it really a glorified thing? Because I always Remembrance found it... Remembrance Day isn't. No, okay. But, yeah. like, but at the same time, like, I, I do understand... Um, so, like, I, I haven't really finished it, but, like, I remember I showed you kind of what it was, anyways, this one documentary about, like, about the armistice and, like, how we celebrate, or, like, how we celebrate Remembrance Day and how, like, even, like, the narrative is being controlled by, like, even just the idea of a cenotaph. Like, I haven't finished it, so I'm not really going to talk too much about it, but I just thought it was interesting that, like, I've never really, I'd never really questioned, like, any of that before, and then I'm like, oh, like... Is the way that we remember and celebrate this, like, maybe slanted by 
things that happened after the fact or like it's just like interesting to think about like I obviously again go to Remembrance Day ceremonies and I'm not like I don't want to sound like I we shouldn't be doing this and whatever because I'm not it's just like I do find some of those traditions interesting we need to kind of be wary about like where we take this tradition yeah I mean I guess it's maybe, it's, I guess that's maybe my point. Like it's it's like with Memorial Day in the United States, yeah, which is in May, I think. Yeah, Brian, you can correct me. I'm pretty sure it is. But it's like it's kind of like there for it's like their May long weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's like I, I don't know. Like there's I hear people talk about how oh it's it's insulting because like Memorial Day people just have barbecues and whatnot. And, but then I hear like veterans talking, it's like, no, this is exactly what we would want it to be because yeah. we want people to have fun and be with family and yeah. stuff like that. And I think there's like something to that idea more than like these solemn. Yeah. But like my, my, my point is, is I don't see any problem with like things like Memorial Day, mm-hmm. but I also don't see problems with things like Remembrance Day. I mean, Remembrance Day is our Memorial Day. Yeah. yeah. It's just that we treat it differently in a different way and i'm not saying memorial day is disrespectful or bullshit yeah. or anything like that it's just that we have a different way of dealing with it well, I believe... also because remembrance day is meant to deal specifically with one conflict but it's been expanded to deal with others whereas memorial day isn't literally dedicated to one conflict it's like, dead it's all yeah. like it's all the, of them. the difference is just even in the inception of the holidays because well holidays because like remembrance day is literally like to meant to be the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month so it's like literally about World War One. I. I mean, it's celebrated at cenotaphs, which were dedicated to World War One. Yeah. So like now we acknowledge veterans, like uh, veterans from other conflicts go and it's part of that. It's part of the acknowledgement. But it's really about World War One specifically, which is why it's just treated differently and handled differently. Well, to say it's about World War One, I, I don't know. Like initially, yeah, but like. Well, that's what I mean. It's expanded. But yeah, I mean, it's the reason why it's on this day is because of World War One. Yeah. I, I think is a better way to... Yeah, but I would also argue that there's still a lot more focus on World War One, regardless. Like, you um, mean in court in terms of like symbolism and yeah, and like the way that it like the poppy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, for international listeners, uh, the poppy is used as the symbol of remembrance, and the reason why in is Commonwealth because, countries. In Commonwealth countries, yes, uh, it is used as a symbol of remembrance because. I'm sure a lot of you have heard the poem in Flanders Fields, even our international viewers. In Flanders, Belgium, the fields were grown with poppies, and that was one of the few things that would grow after bombs went down. That and clovers. Apparently that's something that happens is when uh, in places where a bomb has gone off, clovers grow, and another thing is that uh, poppies will grow. It's one of the few things that were able to survive in that kind of environment. And because of that, uh, became, like partially because like mostly because of like the areas where the was would grow but also with the help of um mccray's poem in flanders fields it became a symbol of remembrance for these soldiers who died so that's why we wear uh red poppy yeah but like i mean obviously remembrance day is meant to like memorialize all veterans of all conflicts but that wasn't the intention when it started that was never the intention when it started. The intention was literally just for World War One. I. I yeah. mean, they couldn't, I guess, didn't foresee other conflicts. But, like, at the same time, they probably had to know. <laughs> well, when re- um, I mean, the general population obviously didn't know. But, like, generals and yeah. certain leaders, like, knew that they were, they were like, yeah, conflicts. another war is going to happen because which, of this, guys. Which is, I think, like, 
Why Remembrance Day is kind of interesting to me, though, because, like, we use it to celebrate and, like, like, memorialize all veterans of all conflicts. But that's, like, really not the intention. And, or the original intention. And it, like, almost leads to this, like, very interesting tradition. Like, I feel like there's a lot of weird things. And, like, by weird, I don't mean bad weird, but just, like, you can clearly tell that this was not an intended holiday for everyone, like, for all conflicts. But we've had to make it that way. And that's almost what makes it more solemn and depressing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of like, course, of course, traditions are going to adapt and change yeah, over the yeah. years. But the fact that we've had to expand something that was literally meant for the war to end all wars, the fact that we've had to expand it because there were other wars is like, I mean, in it's, hindsight, it's like, well, duh, you can't expect that that was going to be the last war. But it also is like kind of, it, it makes the day more solemn than it would have does that make sense? Initially been. Yeah, like, it makes sense. The fact that we have to like add more names to this. The fact that we have to talk about The other. fact that it wasn't the last one. Yeah. I think it like adds a certain amount of solemn. Well, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's nothing really. I mean, we, uh, there's nothing really celebratory about it at all. I mean, when you go to the ceremony, it happens like, like they usually start around what, 10, 9.30? Something like that in yeah. the morning, and then they they have speakers and they have a, cer- a couple sermons. They have singers. And Depends on the ceremony, it varies honestly. Yeah, and then they lay wreaths uh, with the names of the wars at the memorial. Also depends on the ceremony for the. the yeah, of I mean, this I'm talking about the one at. Uh, yeah. At the um, uh, museum of the regiments. There's always wreath laying. It just depends on like the wreaths are just different. Yeah, this is the yeah for. Uh, Simplicity purposes, I am talking about the one at the War Museum here in Calgary. Yeah, and then they would do that. And then uh, what would be played is, uh, what's initially played on the trumpet is the last post. And that's played all the way through. And then after the last post, we have a moment of silence. And then to end the moment of silence, the trumpet is played again, but for the first post. So when like the people needed to wake up. Uh, so that's played on the trumpet and that means that the moment of silence is over and then usually there's like another sermon and then afterwards it kind of just kind of ends after that and everyone goes on their way so that that's how the the these ceremonies are held so it's very solemn and quiet and well the fact there even really is a ceremony like i actually don't know is there a lot of ceremonial stuff on memorial day like i'm sure there is some and i don't know if it's maybe like personal traditions where people go to like graves of people they knew specifically and have their own little ceremonies or are there like really big ceremonies i think in some places there are i mean i, imagine, I know they I imagine go at arlington and like those places there would be but like i don't know if they like pro- i think in, in canada there must i, I, I don't I'm know for about fact. the u.s like yeah memorial but well, day in the u.s memorial day in the u.s uh, i know they're like families like do go to yeah that's what i mean like we have a ceremony on remembrance day i don't know are there memorial days oh yeah i don't know i have i I, i'm sure there must be like i imagine at places like arlington like national cemetery and those in like in dc there's probably lots but like or is it a matter of people having their own little ceremonies like and actually to further that are all of the barbecues and things like that just ceremonies (laughs) I think because it's they a, kind of become that. I think it's a mixture of all of those. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there are families that, like, will go to, like, yeah. these ceremonies that, like, like, because, I mean, there are, there are war, 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 like, war graveyards 
all across the U.S. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure people, like, there are people who go to these, like, will go to these, uh, if there are any of these services, uh, like, in the morning or whatnot, they'll go to them. And then at night, they'll have their barbecue. Yeah, like, I, I expect that there is something, like, especially yeah. at, like, the Tomb of the, um, or not the Tomb, but, like, the, yeah, the Tomb of the Missing Soldier? Unknown Soldier. Unknown Soldier. Changes per country. Um <laughs> And, like, those types of places, like, at Arlington, like, I imagine there is more... At the very least, if there's nothing special, there's just a lot more attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm um, sure... Th- yeah, I'm sure that's yeah. a huge thing. But I just think that, like, it's interesting in, like, the differences and how it's celebrated. And I do think it probably com- comes back to just, like, the origin of the day itself anyway. Yeah. Like, I think opening it up... Like, I think the idea... I think, to me, like, Memorial Day in the U.S. seems more, like, of an opportunity whether or not it's taken, but it's more of an opportunity for, like, personal celebrations. And, like, I think it's meant to be like that. Like, I think it's meant to be more of a, 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 like, a national reflection, but more, like, because of the decentralization of the type of ceremonies and it's not really that rigid, it allows for more, like, personal, like, celebrations of, like, veterans you knew or if you were, like, in your family or, like, it allows for more, like, yeah, like, personal... It's like it personalizes like the 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 day a little bit. Remembrance Day is very like rigid in terms of its structure, which I don't mind either. It's just interesting how it's different and it, yeah. like it's definitely more cemented in tradition. Yeah, and I mean, people who know me have heard me say I'm not a fan of tradition. Well, I mean, Remembrance Day is a tradition. I it's one of those traditions I support. Yeah. Uh, but. But at the same time, I also, like, don't really believe in dragging people who don't go. Because there's a lot of people who, like, go out of their way to be like, oh, well, you didn't go to a ceremony, so you're not a fucking patriot. And they just oh, get really yeah. shitty about it. And they're like, well, you don't support troops and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, because I see a lot of that. And I'm like, it bugs me because, like, I mean, I've missed ceremonies in my life because I'm, you know, not perfect. I'm a human being. Shit happens. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't mean that I don't go around all day. Like, there's a lot of people who can't go to those ceremonies, but it doesn't mean they don't think about it. If there's really anyone you can't say, like, you can't say, oh, you don't support troops, it's Lindsay and I, because look at this whole fucking podcast that we just did. Yeah, but I mean, just I I just see this a lot, especially, I mean, on Facebook. Yeah, it's bull. It is bullshit. I I don't agree with, like, if if you call out someone for not going to a ceremony, you're just an asshole. Yeah, like, I just, I don't see the point in it. Like, like, yes, it's a tradition and, like, I, it's a tradition that I'm in favor of. I'm fine with it. But I also understand that for some people, like, you might just choose to do something different. And yeah. honestly, if you're just going to a Remembrance Day ceremony to pay lip service, like, if that's your, like, lip service for the year in terms of, like, well, I support the troops because I went to Remembrance Day, then it's, like, there are probably people out there who don't go to ceremonies who do way more every day to yeah. actually benefit veterans and other people like that than that person who just goes to Remembrance Day. Yet, like, the fact that they went to the ceremony is somehow, like, moral high ground for them. Yeah, it, it doesn't like, make that, sense That's what bothers me about the rigidity of, like, the tradition of Remembrance Day. Not that it exists because I'm, I, like, you know, obviously good with it. It's just, like, some people take that to be, like, well, you can't fuck with tradition. And it's, like, but <laughs> at the same time, at one point, does it become an empty tradition if you're not actually, like taking a lesson away from the ceremony other than you just going right yeah if you don't take anything away from it then why were you even there well i mean 
what's the thing about uh the like the one at the museum or the regiments is that most of the people who went to the ceremony instantly go right into the museum because it's right there oh yeah absolutely so that's always a good thing so that's a good yeah and that's great because that is like an instant like you're gonna learn something but i think that like the intention of well i don't know i'm not gonna actually say that i i think i'm gonna posture that an intention of a cenotaph and the idea of this ceremony is to force people to think about the fact that a lot of senseless life was lost and there's a message to be taken here, not just support the troops. That's not the message. No. Like, that's not even close to the message. That's not, well, it's close, but it's not the message. Like, it's it's not the message that like, okay, well, you celebrated these people's lives and now you're good. That's not the message. The message is that like, we need to do more actively to prevent more wars like this from happening. And we need to not, like, have these people have died in vain. And, like, there's more messages to be taken away that I think a lot of people don't. Yeah. And... Jumping off of that point, what makes me even more furious is um, anyone who says that Remembrance Day is a, is a glorification of war, you are a fucking asshole. Yeah. You are a dick. It's the and opposite, we are not yeah. going to get along. Um, there's a specific... I don't. I doubt he's working anymore. I don't. I don't know. This is a while ago. I'm not going to say his name. He was a radio announcer in Calgary, and he said that um, that Remembrance Day shouldn't be celebrated because it is a glorification of war. And he said this on Remembrance Day on his radio program in the morning. You are a fucking asshole. You are a fucking asshole. Guess what? My great grandfather fought in World War II. I want him to be remembered. He survived. But I still want him to be remembered. The thing about Remembrance Day is it's not, if anything, it is a condemnation of war. You can't really... Well, that's like the point of the solemn nature of the ceremony. Well, you, it's like, how can you um, have a day where you're remembering the people who died and associate that with glorification? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, I mean, I guess I feel like... It's not even just that you're an asshole for thinking it. It's like, how, like... Well, you can think it all you want. There's a certain level of, like, tone deaf and, like, I don't know, like, how you come away from a Remembrance Day ceremony thinking it's a glorification. Like, have you ever been to one? Because if you've been to one, you're probably not coming away with that message. Like, even the people who are, like, still support the troops... They're closer to that than saying Remembrance Day is a glorification of war. Yeah. Because, I, it, you know, like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So it's like, not only are you an asshole, like, are you dumb? Like, I don't get it. Like, how does, how do you come I, away with I that? don't understand people with that thought process. Luckily, I don't, I don't know anyone who thinks that way. Personally, no. Um, I do know people, uh, I, I do want to touch on this point, uh, the white poppies. I'm fine with people wearing the white poppies. Not it's even just, like a hundred percent. Oh, right for peace. Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm fine with people wearing the white poppies. Po the white poppies, um, but I'm like, the way I see it, it's it's a, they're part of a whole missing the point thought experiment. Kind of. Yeah. Because it's like, like I don't know. It might just be me. I'm willing to accept it's probably just me. But it's like the red poppy is a symbol of peace anyway. It's meant to be a symbol of like, like pointless bloodshed that should yeah. never happen again. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's not literally meant, it's not literally representing peace, but it's representing the idea of like, bad things happen, let's not do that again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I would say that is yeah. representing peace. Right? It's so just like, basically peace, but not like in those words, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. so it's almost like they're talking past each other rather than like, yeah, like missing the point. Like, yeah, they're just, 
Yeah. It, I don't like, think it's offensive. I just think it's like, maybe you should like rethink this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, if you're going to wear it, that's fine. Because obviously they put person, a person put the thought into it, right? And I can also understand. Oh I will my s- fucking God. Oh no. Oh, I forgot to delete the. Row. Shit. Okay, well, I don't know how much I lost, but keep going. All right. Anywho, I do to some extent understand the white poppy thing, though, if it's coming at it from like this perspective. If they're thinking about it in terms of opening up the symbol to other conflicts and like current situations, then it makes sense to me. Like, the po- I get that the red poppy obviously means like what it's to symbolizes, right? And like this idea that millions of people died in the mud for no real reason and that we should not have this happen again. But to me, the white poppy seems, like, more proactive, if that makes sense. Like, the red poppy is, like, really meant to be, like, a symbol of, like, we should never forget this history, like, never forget, right? We'll remember. Whereas the white poppy is, like, the fact that it's a poppy symbolizes that they're acknowledging that. But the color means that, like, we're also acknowledging that, like, this is happening again. There are conflicts happening again, and we should be more active in our approach to stopping it. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, that... If people wear a white poppy for, like, that kind of reason, then I'm a lot more... Like, I get that. That makes sense to me. If that's the, the argument, like, that makes significantly more sense to me. If it's just, like, well, it stands for peace, then it's like, okay, but maybe you missed the point. <laughs> like, but if it's... If the thought process is, like... Yes, well, the poppy acknowledges this, like, thing that happened, but, you know, white stamp, like, but the thing is, is that we can't go on saying that this should never happen again while it's happening again, so we need to be more active in our our approach to, so I just think of the white poppy as maybe potentially being a more, like, proactive symbol, I don't know. Okay, I'm back, back, sorry about that, I'm not going to cut that out, because it's kind of funny (laughs) that this keeps happening, it's gotten to that point, Um, Uh I don't want to make this a running gag. Uh, yeah. But yeah, anyway, for those of you who have no even. idea what's going on, my mic stopped recording because it was I forgot to take off uh, the previous thing that we just recorded off of the mic. So, anyway. I promise we're not totally inept. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're... Just like a little bit inept. Just a little bit. Uh, luckily, I caught that right away. But anyway, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm fine with... I, I have a friend... I'm like, regardless, I'm fine with people wearing them. It's yeah. just like... Yeah, that's my thought on the matter. Yeah. And we're not, like, making fun of them. We're just kind no. of, like, we, we don't, we're kind of, like, we kind of think you're missing the point. Well, for me, it's, like, people who say, like, I'm not a feminist, I'm a humanist. And it's, like, well, I don't think you know what humanism means, number one. And number two, like, I also am not convinced you know what feminism means. So, like, let's revisit. Like, I'm not against your idea because clearly you mean equality for everybody. But, like, let's step back <laughs> and talk about, like, like, talk this through. That's how I see it. To some extent, right? Yeah, like, Lindsay would know all about that. Because I'm not making fun of her. I'm saying that that was what her yeah, degree my, my was in. Yeah, my dissertation is on feminist philosophy. But anyway, um, <laughs> neither here neither here, neither here nor there. But like the, uh, yeah, like that's the idea of the white poppy for me, where it's like, if you have this like idea in your mind that like I'm wearing this because I'm being proactive about peace, etc., then it's like different for me than if you're like, it just stands for peace. And it's like, okay, yes. But come with me and let's talk about what the red poppy also means. Yeah, I remember when that when this thing started coming out and like I forgot it even existed. To be honest, yeah, it kind of I think it's out. kind of fizzling out now because people are kind of realizing, oh yeah, 
Like yeah. they're kind of realizing the same thing as us. I don't know. Yeah. But I but I remember when this whole thing. Or they started. just got sick of being bitched. Head. Yeah, I remember when this whole thing started. Like these people were like, oh, because we want it to be for peace and whatnot, which is fine. And then like veterans were, and veterans were getting really insulted and blah blah blah. And it, and you, I was just kind of standing there and I was just like, both of you, calm down. Like <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Either neither one of those are no. a bad thing. I think it's. I think. Part of the anger the was that... only thing... For, oh, sorry. I'll let you finish. I, I think part of the anger from the veterans was like they were like, oh, well, they're associating the red poppy with glorification of war. Oh, yeah. Which it might be true for some people, but I don't think the whole thing... The thing as a whole was... Yeah. The only thing is I hope that the people who wear white poppies still make donations, too. Yeah, please do that. Because ultimately, like, the poppy is a source of revenue for veterans. So... It's like organizations and, like, the Legion and stuff. So... And the Legion, legions do a lot of really great work for people. Yeah. So, like, also if you my s- hope is that the people who wear white poppies, it's cool if you do, but also please still make a donation to help veterans. Yeah, like, please. Because otherwise, like, then you're just being a really big hypocrite. Yeah, they're the ones, <laughs> they still have to, they're still suffering a lot of them. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the dead are dead, but these people are alive and they're suffering. Yeah. And they need our help. The other thing is, like, it, also, if you steal one of the poppy bucket, like, the donation oh, buckets... There's a special then, place in hell for you. Yeah, um, you, you have to live forever getting those pins stuck into your back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing about... They need to... F- they need to find a new way to pin poppies on, pe- on I people. Agree. They, yeah. like... The, the, so useless. Yeah, so, like, the way these work is, like... I mean, I think it is a way to, like, raise more money, because... Well, yeah, it's because you lose them. Yeah. Which I'm, like, fine with, but at the same time, I also make a big donation for my poppy, because, like, when you buy a poppy, it's by donation. And so most people toss in, like, a dollar or something. But, like, I will pay five for one. So, like, I would also appreciate not losing it as easily. I, I take the pin out and then put a, uh an actual pin in that oh, i use um the backs of like the rubber things that come on the back of earrings that works too i use those or sometimes in a pinch you can um you're probably not supposed to do this but you can take the pin and like put it through like the edge of the poppy itself and that way yeah. it sort of secures but so for people who don't know the way we put the poppies on their poppies are made they're made out of fabric right they're like yeah like a felt line yeah it's like felt plastic uh, there's a, it's like a red felt they're looking. like stiffer than that though they're yeah. like fake flowers basically yeah it's like Felt plastic, uh, red, and then the, in the middle there is a there's a black, so like meant to be the, you know, the seed or whatever the inside of the poppy, and then they all they do is they stick them together with a uh, needle, and that's it. You, you stick the needle through every single year without fail. I will stab myself on one of those things. Oh, absolutely. Everyone does. And like heaven forbid, you stick the needle pointing. Okay, you point though. You put them above your heart, right? So like, if you point the needle in one way, you're gonna keep stabbing your arm with with it, and, and it's like this. This thing is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it could be such a nightmare. I mean, not to be disrespectful to anybody, but you but gotta. Like maybe admit. we need to rethink the poppy, like just the actual implementation of the poppy. I remember being a kid and getting. Stab the shit. Yeah. Shit. I, I've blood has been spilled. <laughs> Ironically, blood has been spilled because of the poppy. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> I love how this became kind of a 
A roast of a the ro- poppy. A roast of the poppy, the way they make it. But it's interesting, actually. Question for you. How do you feel about people wearing poppies, but like a non-traditional way? So not literally, and this like kind of tags along to the white poppy thing, but like red poppies. Because like there was a tattoo shop in Lethbridge called Peppermint Hippo, I think. Really good work. Shout out to those guys. Anyway, on every Remembrance Day, they do $40 poppy tattoos and all of the money goes to the poppy fund. It's a way to like fundraise for the poppy fund, but people get like permanent poppies tattooed on them. I'm personally in favor of it, in part because, well, then one, like, that's never falling off. Um, (laughs) And I like tattoos, and I think poppies are really cool flowers. But anywho. But um, also, like, I think it's kind of a unique way to do it. Like, I think that it still shows as much respect, and it's ultimately, you're still making a donation. Like, last year, or this one year that they did it, they raised, like, thousands of dollars doing poppy tattoos. Because it's like a forty and a forty dollar tattoo from a really high quality tattoo shop like that is like a steal. So you're like done. So I'm like, part of me wonders if like, like I don't I don't think it's offensive, but I don't know how other people feel about it. But I also think like this is a really clever way to raise money too, because people are you might get people to wear a poppy so to speak without who normally wouldn't go buy like a felt poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, my response to that is if you do have a problem with something like that, like not yeah. wearing the poppy in a tradition, like say instead of wearing it above your heart, yeah. I usually do because yeah, I mean, it's just habit at this point. Um, yeah, like I've seen pe- people put two on their collars yeah. and whatnot. And if you have a problem with that, then you need to stop being so uptight. Yeah, like I used to wear one on my hat because it was um, easier, and I was always I always wore that hat. Whereas I'd change jackets and forget to, you know. Yeah. Like that's the other thing with poppies is like if you change your jacket, then it's on your other jacket. So I, I wore it on my like on a hat that I used to wear every day for a long time because um it's cold here in November, and <laughs> um, then I would always have it. So right. like for me there was a deliberate thought process like well if I wear it here, then I always have it so I don't have to worry that I'm like out and about without my poppy for the month or whatever, and also like less chance of losing it. That's a common thing for people to do anyway, yeah. is put it on their hats. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that wearing a poppy in a non-traditional place or getting something like a tattoo that does benefit still... Like, just going out and getting a poppy tattoo with no... Even if you're doing it as a, like, I'm wearing a poppy thing, but you're not donating money. Again, like... Yeah. You need to be making a donation for this to really matter, kind of. It sounds really bad to well, make I mean, about monetary isn't paying stuff. For, yeah, isn't paying for the tattoo... It goes... It, that kind of counts as a donation? Yeah, but, like, I mean, only if it actually directly goes to the charities that it's meant to go to. Does it, though? Yes. So, like, if okay. you go to this one shop, it does. Yeah, it but does. I, okay. what I'm saying is if you go out on your own time, not to one of these shops that's offering this, and you just go to a random tattoo shop and just get a random poppy tattoo, but you're saying, oh, it's for this. Oh, okay. But that money was never, like, but there right. was no, you know, special or nothing like that happening, then it's like, that's cool. But then you also still need to make a donation. Yeah. I always throw my loose change into the poppy yeah. donation bins. Yeah. I mean, I don't fucking need them. No. So, yeah. I mean, I've already got a poppy. I actually don't. I should probably get on that. They're everywhere already. They usually start putting the donation boxes out at the end of October. Yeah. So, I usually get mine around that time. And also, I I usually wear the poppy all through November. I usually do, too. It's, it's just a habit. Unless I lose it. Yeah, like, which... <laughs> close to the end of the month. Let's be honest, as long as they still have those damn needles in there, it's going to be common that we lose it. But anyway, yeah, if, if you're not going to wear it in a traditional place, that's fine. Yeah. Like where, wherever it's most 
comfortable or convenient with you. I mean, you're most like probably less likely to get stabbed when you put it on your head. It's true. Because uh, you can attach it to the hat if it's not when it's not on you. Yeah, I also see veterans putting them in the beret. Yeah, I feel like. What, are you going to call them unpatriotic? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there are definitely people who are way too hawkish about the tradition, right? Like like I said, like if you're ragging on people who don't go to ceremonies, but you don't know that like just because you didn't go to a ceremony doesn't mean you're a bad person. So like I think people are too hawkish about the tradition aspect sometimes. Like there are certain things I'm sure that are very flagrant like okay, that is disrespectful. Well, don't talk during the damn moment of silence. Yeah. Like stuff like that, it's like okay. But it's different when it's like, oh, you're not wearing your poppy over your left on your left lapel, like, blah. Like that's not productive, first of all, and yeah. also like, the point of the poppy thing is to get people to wear them. It doesn't freaking matter how they wear them, really. They still paid money for the poppy, so they still benefited veterans and like financially. But they're also still wearing it, which is like the symbol carries on. So like. Yeah, Why does it matter if it's on your hat or your like left lapel? There are better things to get arm-wavingly angry about. Yeah, like the fact that we still need things like a veteran's food bank. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, really? You're going to pick this small fight over, yeah. over this? It's a very like, stupid hill to die on. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't But yeah, this... Yeah, I'm fine with like most of the traditions. It's it is the hawkish people that drive me. I was totally thinking crazy. about going down to Lethbridge and getting a poppy tattoo. They're still doing it. I don't know if I don't think I'll do that, but I I don't know if I will either. But I've thought about it because I, I actually really like poppies as a flower. Generally, I think they're really cool. A lot of the veterans that came into my uh, into the liquor store, they had poppy tattoos like in on their like arm. Yeah, like this one guy had a full like kind yeah. of sleeve of uh, po- yeah. of poppies, which was very beautiful. Yeah. Um, poppies are really neat flowers like just generally as a flower i think they're very aesthetically pleasing so i also like that it's kind of like that's the symbol as well i mean obviously i understand the historical origins of the symbol but i also appreciate that it is like a unique flower and it's like a an aesthetically pleasing flower right it's one that is really distinct and like it's very very pretty yeah actually the did you see that yeah i I think I posted on the Panastoria Facebook page the poppy. Yeah, thing. you did. You did. Yeah, I thought that was super neat. Uh, they do something similar. Segway, if you don't follow us on Facebook, please follow us on Facebook. Because um, I posted this pretty sweet article about this church in downtown Calgary that has a cascade of knit poppies from one of the windows down onto the... Yeah, it looks like it's flowing out of the window. Yeah, it looks like, they... it's, it looks like flowing blood, too. It's kind of like really symbolic and neat. Yeah, they did They did a similar thing. Uh, I, don't, I think they still do it. Um, it might have been a one-time thing or they do it every year. Uh, they did a similar thing in uh, England mm. with, I think it was at the Tower of London and it was like pouring out into the moat. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa. I don't know, but that's cool. I remember seeing photos of it yeah. everywhere and people were like, what's going on? That's cool though. Um, Actually, I think symbols like that are really neat. Um, Kind of unrelated, but one of my favorite things that I really wish that I didn't, like I'm mad that I didn't get to see it and I would like to go back specifically to see it, is that the... Uh, World War II Memorial, or, like, the World War II Museum in Moscow, it's partially outside, so they have tons of, like, tanks and stuff, like, kicking around, and they've got these really big, amazing fountains, and I was there in April, like, around Easter, so it was a little too cold still, like, the, the fountains weren't up and going yet, but they apparently dye all the red in these, all, sorry, all the water in these fountains red, so that it's, like, mm. flowing blood, 
and apparently it's incredible to see just because it's like just it's such heavy symbolism but like also a simple act right like just yeah. putting red in the water like doesn't you don't think about it but like apparently it's really really interesting and kind of neat so i'm kind of mad that i didn't get to see that that's, a, that's speaking a of interesting weird. memorials um yeah. i mean uh, all, all, lots of other really cool memorials in russia but yeah i mean all the all the i'm pretty sure every single country does their own version france definitely has one uh germany actually has yeah this one. was like world war ii for like russia this particular uh, museum yeah they don't like talking about the first world war yeah it wasn't really great for them also no. because it was a pretty traumatic time for them it was pretty awful I mean, Russia suffered pretty bad in both wars. Yeah, World War Two, I think, became is the more symbolized one in part because um, there wasn't a change in government during that war. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't a violent revolution in the middle, so um, that changes things for sure. But yeah, the, this this museum is called Victory Park, and oh, I know about that place. Yeah, yeah. it's super cool. I the the subway stadium or the subway station underneath it is also super cool. Um, I have pictures of that. I think. I think I snuck pictures of that one. You're not really supposed to take pictures in the subways, like. Yeah, I've I've heard about that. They're really strict. My brother. They're not really strict. Like you can, but they'd you. They'd you're not supposed to, not. but you can sneak them. Like people do. I'm about to rat out my brother a little bit. He snuck a picture of the uh, the intelligence agency building, and you're not allowed to do that. Oh, Libyanka. I think so, but he snuck one. He apparently one of the guys. I'm pretty sure the FSB is still based out of Lubyanka. Uh, I don't know, but it is. It was. I think it was the FSB building where he like snuck yeah. a picture of it, and like if they see you taking a picture of it, oh, yeah. they will walk up to you and make you delete it. Um. So will Americans outside of U.S. embassies. That's true. My mom almost got caught in Finland. Oh really? Yeah. She uh, didn't see the sign and she had her camera out. She was like gonna take a picture of like the street because it was. It's a really where all the embassies are in Helsinki is a really pretty street. And, uh, she could, then we saw this like security guard, like motion and we're like, oh, oops. And she saw the sign and put her camera away, but she's like, no, no, it's okay. And yeah, it was really <laughs> funny. But in Berlin, the American embassy is like right next to the Brandenburg gate. Oh yeah. So like, there is no avoiding that. Like, I'm sorry, America, but your embassy is getting fucking pictures taken because it's right next to the Brandenburg gate. Like you're not going to control that. Yeah. Speaking of Germany, do you know what they do? Know what the November 11th is for them? Hmm. It's the beginning of their carnival. Oh yeah, it is too. So, I mean, when 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 I was told this fact, is I was in the middle. It was in class. Uh, I was in my World War II class, and my teachers was like, "Yeah, does anyone know what they do and what happens in Germany on November 11th?" And I piped up and I went, "Everything goes on as normal." <laughs> Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's the beginning of their. Kind of um, does though. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, while well, they do celebrations, they. Yeah, yeah. They have their own Memorial Day. I just don't know when. I don't know either. They have a couple because they actually do a big thing for uh, Holocaust Memorial. Yeah, the Holocaust Memorial in Berlin is amazing. It's the one with all the sla- like yeah. the slabs. Yeah. It's really cool, and weird, but that was the point. I think it was meant it was, to be yeah, kind of... it was of, meant to be jarring. Symbolism. Yeah, like surreal and yeah. cold and... Oh. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's amazing how much Germany has changed, I'm, I guess. I'm, I'm sure that... I actually would love to be part of, like, a ceremony there regarding either war. 
because I'm really curious as to how they do it, right? Because obviously you're going to honor the people that fought in these wars because, like, again, most of the common soldiers in both conflicts, like, either were brainwashed to do it, so, like, they there's a little, like, less culpability, but or they were just forced into it, or they just thought it was their patriotic duty, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, most... They, they, might, they, they might not have had... I think most of them probably didn't really have, like, malicious intent. You know, like, I, I'm curious. It's an interesting... Like, I feel like for us, we feel like our celebrations are so much easier because we were the we were the good guys, right? We had this this idea in our minds that, like, I mean, especially in World War II, we were the good guys. Yeah. We fought the, we fought the fascists. Like, that's yeah. a bad... You know. I mean, you're but, gonna... You're but gonna... I think it's it's more ambiguous concerning World War One because who were the good and bad guys, really? Like, we're taught to say it was Germany because those were our enemies in World War One. But when you think about it, it's like, when you actually analyze the conflict, which we will do eventually, like, were they really bad guys? Like, because the problem is, is that it boils down to, again, like, what's the war about? <laughs> you know, like, with World War II, it's like, well, yes, the Germans kind of were the bad guys because they were fascists. Yeah. And did some really horribly, objectively bad stuff. Whereas, like, the Germans in World War I, they did a lot of bad stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, their armies were pretty vicious in, Bel- in Belgium in particular and, like, chlorine gas. Well, it's called the Rape of Belgium. Yeah. Well, the thing about gas is like... Well, that you know, was always going to happen. Anyway. You know who used the most gas in World War One? Hmm. It was Canada. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So like, yes, I'm not saying that the German army is absolved of everything in World War One because they did some bad stuff, but like all armies no, do not, bad No stuff. one is... There's no good guys. No. There's no um, good guys. There's no really... I mean, honestly, not really any good guys. Not really any bad allied guys. Allied armies have treated people terribly in both wars, too. So uh-huh. it's not exactly like we're innocent. We did... Yes, we were kind of the good guys in World War II because we fought fascists, but we also treated a lot of people really despicably. Well, I mean, there's that, There's a, uh, uh, the one of the Edmonton regiments burnt down an entire village in Italy. There's also stories that Canadian troops raped Italian women, which is not proven, but... And I don't want to say it's probably true because I don't know. But I also wouldn't be, I would be unhappy to hear it, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because these things happen in war pretty often. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's just Russians who raped people in World War II. Like, no, I mean, they they had a, well, no, but... They, they just they, had a well-known they, reputation. But. Well, they, it, the thing about the Soviets is that when, uh, like, with the whole raping thing is that Stalin openly encouraged it yeah. as an act of revenge if you read the book a woman in berlin yeah it's a really horrific but and detailed it's different account. but i'm but what i guess i'm trying to say is that like i don't think that allied men necessarily treated women in those countries great either no like even in liberated territory they expected some things yeah so well, like i mean apparently like when it comes to when the the occupation zones in germany was a thing apparently the worst People were the Soviets because they did everything. Um, and then apparently the French, I don't want to badmouth the French. Like, I apologize to your French listeners. But apparently the occupiers in France, like the French occupiers had a bit of a problem with rape. I guess I just, I, I, I'm not surprised by any of it just because, like, I think that the liberating forces in World War Two, like... I wouldn't be shocked if they had certain expectations of the people they liberated, right? Like, not to occupy, like, just in terms of, like, the women. It's like, hey, we, like, it's, like, meant, it's not meant to be, like, malicious, but it's also, like. Well, expectations and also kind of, you spent this whole time dehumanizing. People? The, the people, yeah. You're going like, to well, dehumanize the, the, the civilians, are, too. 
And but it's, even but even in countries like but even in countries like France that they liberated, not just in Germany. I'm talking about like all the countries they liberated. Yeah. You spent so long dehumanizing people that even if they're the people you're liberating, you're still probably not thinking of them as people. Well, another thing is, and I've read a lot about stuff like this, and I, I and I'll, I'll they'll it might sound bad at first, but then I'll get to my point. It's like a lot of these places, like women would kind of throw themselves on these, like when they liberated someone, women would throw themselves on these mm-hmm. people. And, uh, and then it's like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, these women are just all for it. Mm-hmm. And then they go to a place where the women didn't want to. And they're like, wait, what gives? Yeah. And then, like, because they have that bit of a mindset, they would. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like you come to expect things because maybe in one place people were particularly friendly or whatever. And then you go somewhere else and they're not. But you have the same expectation. You're like, well. Yeah. Well, or they're acting friendly, but they don't want yeah. to bed you. But... Yeah. Because they're acting friendly, you're assuming. Yeah. Stuff that like happens that. a lot now in non-war time. Definitely not excusing people like no. what, what these But I mean, those expectations exist. Yeah, those expectations period. did. Doesn't excuse what they did. They're still or horrible still. people for doing it. And st- they'll still do, yeah. But um, And not just in wartime, but like I, that's generally how rape culture this, works. <laughs> this is just simply an explanation, not an excuse. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's like... I don't, I don't know. It's like, uh, the thing is, is like with Remembrance Day, I believe, like I'm fine with us remembering the dead and everything like that. But I also like, we shouldn't leave behind those who also died in the UK or South Africa, yeah. the US, like the whole, all the Commonwealth countries, all of the, our allies, we should also, to an extent, remember them. Yeah. I get um, why we focus on us. Yeah, because they focus on them too, right? Yeah, like, which is fine. I um, mean, I, I think, I think we should definitely put... I don't want to say put us up on a pedestal, but kind of yeah. have us. Um, I also think, especially in like the American context, like America didn't win the war. Like, yeah, you showed up at the end, but you pretty much just made all the same mistakes that the Canadians and British made at the beginning by just throwing your troops at machine gun fire. Like, <laughs> sorry, America. Oh, in the, the first, in the first war, world yeah. war, it's like you didn't win the war. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah to say like, that. Like, and that happens. I've seen that narrative way more times than I'm comfortable with because I'm like, look. I get it. You contributed. A lot of people came back really damaged, and it was bad. America has wounds from that war, too. But, like, you weren't there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of more people died. Whereas, like, you can make the argument a little more in World War II because they were there for the major offensive that then pushed the Allies to victory. We needed those fresh legs. Yeah. But to say, but again, World War I wasn't solely an American, or World War II wasn't solely an American victory. No. Like, for, for fuck's sake. I had an argument with a guy on YouTube about. Uh, saying that World War One was an American you an argument on YouTube. <gasps> oh yeah, <laughs> it might have been YouTube. Or, I think it was Facebook. Actually, he was yeah. on my friend's Facebook, and I was like, "You're an asshole because like this is an insulting to this." And he's like, kept trying to justify his answer. And I'm like, "No, I mean, no, there's that definitely doesn't work. no doubt that the fresh legs were helpful, but like we'd been in this for a long time. Like it's not like America just came in and we're like, okay, we're good now. Yeah. It's like no, it, you guys, like you guys, the Americans gave us an, enough fresh manpower. Yeah to push but it wasn't just them pushing it was no. everybody well, it was the everybody thing that's like, that with makes the me Americans. laugh about it is that like the only reason that you can even claim to have won the war in europe is because germany fucked up and declared war on you you were never going to join that war until germany did that yeah so like, exactly how can you even make the claim that you just came in and won it when you weren't even prepared to go like well the other thing is like I mean, you got to remember in like what a lot of people don't remember about World War One, the Allies or the Entente forces yeah. never stepped foot on German soil ever. No, 
the reason why Germany decided to have an armistice is because they there's all of a sudden a revolution in Bavaria, and this was inspiring other revolutions around the country. They were also a little bit worried too, and in one of Dan Carlin's because he did like that six part series on World War One, he talked about how the Germans were actually afraid of, like they actually like helped spur the Russian Revolution a little bit to get them out of the war faster. But well, they, they put also... Len- they literally put disguised Lenin and put him on a train yeah. back to yeah. Moscow. But then it was also like they were then also worried about fighting the Russians because the Russian soldiers were starting to like indoctrinate the German soldiers back. Yeah. So it was like kind of hilarious. Like I mean, it's not, but like it is. Where it's like Germany's like, oh shit, maybe we should get out of this before. Like maybe we should quit while we're ahead. Like yeah. Oops. And <laughs> the thing about the armistice is like the Versailles Treaty, that you know the one that we all have to learn about in high school and for me in basically like one of the singular causes of world war ii it is the singular cause of world (laughs) war ii but like well like here's the interesting thing that you don't really learn god damn it woodrow Uh, wilson well that's that's the thing was wilson and the americans were actually the it's weird because okay so you got the the big three at that like all the countries were there except Germany and the other central powers. And what happened was uh, there you had France. France wanted extreme repercussions against Germany, wanted them to make like those reparations and everything. They wanted revenge, essentially, oh, yeah. which I mean, understandably, yeah. And then you had the British who were not as extreme with what they wanted, but they were still pretty up there. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're still pretty up there. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, you know what, Rev, I'm not really agreeing with that, but eh, France can like get what he wants. And then... No, France was really like vicious in this, and that's why Hitler humiliated the French oh, God. later. But the interesting thing is it was the Americans that were like, whoa, whoa, okay, we need to calm down, and we need to be fair about this. So he was kind of outnumbered. Like, the, the, the voices wanting extreme... Things put on the Germans far outnumbered those who didn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there you go. That's because of all that a Second World War was started. Hey, but props off to Germany. They paid off all of the reparations. Like recently too. In like 2010? It? Yeah. They, yeah. They did it. <laughs> they did it. They still did it. Uh, it, it which is uh, amazes the fuck out of me. It's like that they were s- still supposed to do that. Yeah. But they paid him off. So right. there you go. And didn't they have to... Were there reparations added after World War II? I don't know. I think there was... Well, I don't know, actually. I, think, I actually doubt it. I think it worked the other way because I think that people were cognizant enough when Hitler humiliated the French in that train car. Well, I, th- I also think... I that, think people realized, like, hmm, maybe that wasn't the best tactic. Like, well, maybe he forcing them to pay us all this money and being really shitty was well, not a good thing. No, I, I don't think that's really it. I think it's because the Cold War. Yeah, I think so, too. And they needed allies. Well, but, yeah, I think that was probably more of a, a factor than anything else. But I, I think that there was probably a few people who were like, hmm. Probably, Because it was yeah. a very clear symbol. Like, it's not like Hitler was mincing words when he met de Gaulle. Did he meet de Gaulle? No, he didn't meet the goal. No, it was um, uh, other dude. I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, when like he the, met the Ladier. Yeah, when he met the French in the tra- same train car that the, Fran- the French, French humiliated the Germans with, that was a symbol that was heard loud and clear. Like that was meant to be heard loud and clear. It wasn't meant to be subversive. So I'm sure there was a few people who were like, huh. 
And then he, he the, Good to know. the thing about that train car, he took it back to Germany and had yeah. it displayed. And then in the lead up to the end of the Second World War, he had it destroyed because he was so afraid that they're the French were going to make him sign make something a, in it. Well, not like yeah, they he was he was like they're going to make us surrender in this train car again. I mean, he never agreed he was going to surrender, but he had it destroyed, which is a shame. I mean, they yeah. re, the French built a replica that's on display in Paris. I think still not the same though. Huh? Still not the no, same. No, it's not the same. But it, it it it's if you want to go check it out, it's in Paris somewhere. But uh, yeah. So yeah, the whole thing ended on a train car, and then France capitulated in a train car during the Second World War. <laughs> the same the one. The same train car. The exact same one. And yeah, Hitler did that on purpose. Because that's going to add insult to injury. Yeah, it's a huge slap in the face. It's not great. No. Yeah, so... So salty, too. I know. It's, it's such a salty move. <laughs> well, you know, the Germans and the French, they're the best, they're they're best friends salty. ever. Oh, they're yeah. best friends ever. So um, salty. <laughs> gee, and now they're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're still salty towards each other. Well, they're salty, but they're not like. Well, they're not like homicidally salty. No, <laughs> is that? Um, Which is probably a good thing. <laughs> well, I, this is kind of related, but uh, I was watching a clip from John Oliver not long ago, and it was about the rise of Europe's far right recently. Yeah. And he's like, "That's something you don't want to like when you hear about the rise of Europe's far right. That's a, a collection of words you don't want to hear, along with it's malignant." <laughs> And we're losing cabin pressure. Yeah. Because when Europe goes far right, they go far right over Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. A, yeah, in both fucking wars, they did that. Poor Belgium. Well, it's... Yeah. It's, geography geography just fucked you, didn't it, Belgium? Yeah, it like, did. Like, it just fucked you. Did you know that the Netherlands were neutral in the First World War? Yeah. They didn't fight? I didn't know that until recently. Yeah, they also kind of got fucked by multiple conflicts in Europe. Well, yeah, I mean... When, just by nature of where they are, but... Yeah, and they've literally been fucked by late nature recently. That too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> literally. Well, it's just like, I don't know, it's just like when you're in so, like that kind of area, you're like... You kind of just have to expect it. Yeah. Well, actually, there are plans. Um, I have a lot of family in the Netherlands still. Okay. Um, and there are plans in certain villages that are like designated flood zones. Like, if it comes to this... You gotta go, because yeah. we're flooding your shit, like, intentionally. Like, we'll break this dam to prevent further flooding of other things. Uh, so, like, there are villages that are, like, designated, like, you gotta be ready, because there's gonna be a time eventually, probably, when hit the hit the bricks. Pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> we're gonna destroy your shit with breaking this dam. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, sucks to suck, I guess, but we live in a floodplain. <laughs> for, for the greater good. The entire country is a floodplain. It's fine. It is. <laughs> Well, cool. you got an entire country that most of it is somehow below sea level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The air Schiphol is below sea level. Global warming is de- like it's the, not the, anyone's the friend. The Dutch are about to get fucked. Well, yeah, global warming is not anyone's friend, but it's especially not the Dutch. They have friend. very vested interests in slowing the shit down. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, yeah, it's like I don't know. It's Belgium's just was in that strategic area because, like. I mean, through no fault of their own, they just kind of no, obviously over. not. Um, <laughs> I mean. In all, for like in short, Belgium is basically an artificial country made to benefit both the Dutch population and the French population that were there at the time and didn't want to be part of either country. It's kind of different now. Yeah, well, they're pretty much. I, ex- I, I mean, they're both. I mean, the Wallonians and the Flan- Flanders people are very diverse yeah. and identify as like as Walloons or. I would as say Belgium Flanders. is definitely 
Um, the only time that they don't differentiate from each other is during uh, World Cup. Yeah, everyone cheers for Belgium then. <laughs> Non-Belgians cheer for Belgium then. I know. But the interesting thing, too, is, um, like, I don't know why I'm going to go on this tangent about Belgium. But anyway, here we go. Like, all of these countries. Because it's other nonsense. That's why. True. But, like, all of these countries, like France, like, they're starting to have to, like, really take into account their colonial backgrounds, right? Like, because, actually, the biggest star on Belgium's team in World Cup, Romelu Lukaku, is a Congolese immigrant. Mm. I think he's yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. He's, I believe he's Congolese. I mean, the, the largest... Because he wrote a, he wrote a piece in um, the Players' Tribune, which I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's essentially like a news outlet that all of the material that's posted is written by like athletes in different sports. So he wrote a, a piece for it. I think they're actually mostly ghostwritten, but they like contribute, right? Like they do interviews and like... Mm. They basically say what they want to say, but someone else writes it, so it's like coherent. Um... <laughs> And uh, not to say athletes can't write, but, you know. like Yeah, I, I get what you uh, mean. Anyway, he did a piece in the Players' Tribune about how he, just about the stuff he dealt with growing up as a Congolese migrant in Belgium. He, he was born in Belgium, but his parents were from Congo, okay. I think. And how, like... Well, that makes sense because, like, the... Yeah. Yeah, been, because yeah. They, they colonized the Congo. But, like, they... And also, it's just a lot of... Migrants yeah. go to from the Congo to Belgium, yeah. just because it's like well shared history, right? Shared history. It's the same with like France, though, because they get tons of African migrants from countries that France colonized. Yeah, just like the British have tons of Indian immigrants and tons of immigrants from countries they colonized. So like European countries are now like their identities are starting to have to like shift, and this actually happened too with France at World Cup because most of their team were made up of Frenchmen who had colonial roots. So like. Their fate, the most like the biggest stars on their team were from Africa. They were from French colonies. And so it's like dealing with like just like national identity and like their colonial roots is like really interesting. So that tangent aside. <laughs> there you go. Belgium's pretty awesome country, it looks like. Yeah, I've never been. But I have some Belgian friends. I've I've, pretty dope. Well, I've only been the only place in Europe I've been to, like on mainland Europe, is Spain. Mm. I've been to the Netherlands a few times because I have family, and one of my Dutch friends, or one of my Belgian friends, sorry, was uh, in the Netherlands actually the same time I was randomly, so we got to meet up one day, which was really nice, because Louisa is super awesome. We also share the same birthday. Oh, there you go. So we have this thing where we start our birthday, and my, my birthday, our birthdays start in Belgium and end in Canada. <laughs> 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 so it's like a 48-hour birthday. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Anyway. So you get uh, double drunk. So when I was living in Finland, um, actually this one Belgian girl, her birthday was the 18th. And so we were on this cruise to Stockholm from Helsinki with like a thousand exchange students from like in Finland. So I felt really bad for everybody else on that boat. Um, because <laughs> everyone's just partying our faces off. Like it was, yeah. Anyway, so we partied, we left on the 16th from Helsinki, got to Stockholm on the 17th and then like came, we got to Hels- back to Helsinki on the 18th. So we partied into my birthday. And then I spent my day in Stockholm, and then we partied out of my birthday into Karen's birthday. (laughs) And eventually arrived in Helsinki, and slept on the bus on the way back to Turku, and then, like, some of us sobered up and went to class, most of us just went back to bed. You were pretty hungover, I'm guessing, right? I think I was still drunk by the time we got back to Turku, to be honest. Wow. 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's a pretty great way to spend a pretty your birthday. sweet birthday. My, also, 20, my 21st birthday was why I went out in style. Like, I got yeah, to hang out in Stockholm for a day. You okay with me kind of revealing what day your birthday is? Because yeah. it's, it's my St. Day, my birthday is, yeah, March, or is St. Patrick's Day, March yeah, 17th. So there's that as well. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, none of my Irish friends are, were actually on the trip, though. But it was pretty cool because, like, my friends bought me a cake in Stockholm. Like, they bought me, nice. like, this, like, really traditional, like, Swedish cake. It's, like, this whipped cream type cake. Okay. And we ate it on the on the ferry once we had to get back on, but we didn't have any, like, forks, so we are just, like, eating it with our hands, like, heathens. And then getting drunker. Like, it was it was a time. It was nice. a great birthday. Well, you were lucky because <coughs> you were born on St. Patrick's Day, so you got that. I was... the, the My day's claim to fame is International Dog Biscuit Day. So there's that. There's happy dogs in your... Yeah, but I'm not a dog. Yeah. And I own a cat. But my dog is happy. I guess. Both your dogs? Both my dogs. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Cabarino the Paparino. Yes, it has a it's hashtag Cabarino the Paparino on Instagram. He's pretty fucking cute. So recommend. <laughs> we, recommend. I'm sure you're going to see more of him on Panastoria. Probably. <laughs> he likes to be a nuisance when I'm doing things. Yeah. Um, okay, so we kind of went over what we thought we were going to do, which is fine. I, we just had so These much. These other nonsense episodes are just really going to be free flowing. Yeah, gonna have... they're going to be as long as we fucking feel like it. Yeah. Um, but even though this is just a regular Panastoria episode, it's our show. We can do what we want. We do what we want. <laughs> uh, Fuck anyway, anyways, but not really. Anyway, the uh, hope you are all hope you all are fine with our. We stayed on topic most of the, I hope of the you time. Stayed and then, with us through that. Yeah, like, I'm amalgamation sure. of kind of nonsense. <laughs> They'll be fine. It's They'll cool. be fine. Um, hopefully. See, but these are the episodes where they're really going to learn our personalities. Yeah, like they don't know we're already awkward as feck. We're weird. Especially me. That's fine. Um, um, oh, did you see? We, I didn't tell you this. I want to pr- mention this briefly. We got called a libtard recently. Did we? Yeah, we did. <gasps> on Reddit? Yeah, no, yeah, on Reddit. Someone like someone called us a libtard. And then I was like, hey, I, wa-, I, I said to him, I'm like, look, I warned you in that one episode. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Um, <laughs> and then someone else said, like, hey, they're allowed to express their views as their show. And whatnot, and I was, but I was basically like, look, if you don't if like, we told it, you. you don't like listening. Yeah, we told you, like, we were not hiding who we are. So, um, and then that's the, like validation. And then uh, he deleted his post. So there's that. Um, I thought it was funny, and that I'm just hilarious. like, well, it, it like every time someone calls me like a liberal or something, I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't support the liberal party. Yeah. So I'm not. Anyway, but yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. I was like, okay. Also, you can don't call support us. classical liberalism because yeah, if you can call it, you can call us libtards if you want it's not going to really affect I think us that, like yeah that makes me laugh i love it it's but it's like it's like the same thing right like i want all kinds of feedback on this podcast i don't want just good feedback like yeah i mean i'd prefer people don't cons- be insulting yeah constructive like, criticism yeah. would but be like, great you know like we said in the, the yugoslav episodes like we from the people who did download those episodes shout out if you're still listening yeah um, hopefully you're still like we're sorry if maybe we got some followers you have Yugos- no idea how kind of our anxiety but like hey if you're still listening awesome welcome to the podcast we love you yeah thank you guys so um, much hopefully but like, like we told them we just we want to know right like if we screwed up a part of your history like tell us because we'd like to fix that like we're trying to do our best but that, that's something we're probably going to do in other in the more other nonsense episodes is we'll make corrections like if we yeah. really fucked up yeah we're gonna make a correction yeah um and we know we left a lot of stuff out but that's oh, because yeah, of like timing the one and correction. Whatnot. 
that you might edit out of the other Hugo, of the Bosnia episode was when I was talking about Behind Enemy Lines. It was Owen Wilson who was the main actor, and I couldn't freaking remember his name. Ah, okay. Anyway, so, correction, Owen Wilson was in Behind Enemy Lines. Um, eh, there you go. Anyway, uh, that's that's it from us. I'm not going to do any plugs this, yeah. this episode. But, other than uh, just, like, please follow us on Patreon, so we yeah, don't have to sit our, on the floor anymore. Yeah, on, <laughs> on Facebook and, and Patreon and Instagram. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well this Remembrance Day, and we hope you spent it in a way that makes you comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back with the final episode of Yugoslavia, known as The Last Shard, which is Kosovo and the final death of Yugoslavia. And yeah, we hope you have a good day, and enjoy, if you live in Canada, or I guess the US too, enjoy the like one of the only two good days of good programming on the History Channel. Yeah, really. This is going to be it. At the very least, like, this is a joyous day because there is at least one of two good days this year that there is good programming on the History exactly. Channel again. Anyway, uh, th- thank you so much. Uh, major respect to our veterans, of course. This, it's dedicated to you. And this is also dedicated to anyone who lost their lives and the families of those who've lost their lives. In the morning and at the going down of the sun, we will remember them. For always and forever. Thank you guys so much. This is Jonah. And Lindsay. Thank you guys.